0: Welcome to Coffee Talk with your host.
1: Hey, Maddie, Maddie, you've been looking so fine. I'm the man. Let's talk about it. I'm sick of you being rich and you
2: still mad. Let's talk about it. You know what? I'm gonna fucking knock you out. You know, I
0: am done talking. All I just need is some a buddy to show up. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here.
2: Um, you, were, you were an amazing uh, trash talker in your day and, and still are to this day. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> you talking to me? You talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking you talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Who the fuck do you think you're
0: talking to? Hey, what's going on, Patreon? Man, that big bet has been working out well for me. Being able to hit up Dr. Kyle and his DMs, we're on a synchronized schedule, it's crazy. Every time I'm about to message him, he's about to message me, but uh, being able to bounce those ideas off of him and then being able to reach out to Memphis. Typically I just do it directly to the Tim personally instead of a DM, but man, I've grown in, what, five weeks of doing the sports betting and the big bets helped. I'm able to formulate my own opinions. I do like some of the ones that they have, but listening to them and reading some of the lines and doing my own little research, I'm starting to kind of understand the ins and outs, sports betting, um, and it's going real well. Last week, I went 5-2 on my bets. Um, I hit a couple big parlays. One of the ones was Miami that I talked about with Dr. Kyle
1: as soon as the opening lines came in. So, uh, big bets where it's at. Patreon, you guys are great. Appreciate everything. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to your MRI report, and our Week 10 breakdown of the games. I'm brought to you by the DWZ Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Dynasty Warzone, and we are here with Dr. Kyle, board-certified doctor of physical therapy. How are you doing today, man?
3: I'm good, Matty. How are you?
1: Living the dream. You know, Lions won on a last-second field goal. 16 seconds is an eternity for Matthew Stafford. Uh, (laughs) You know, it was a good week for uh, fantasy in general, for me at least. How about you?
3: I had a, I had a pretty good fantasy week. Uh, you know, got some important wins in some leagues, probably one or two that have officially been kicked out of playoff contention. But, you know, the, the ones that I've been in the longest are the ones that matter the most, not necessarily the ones that win me the most. Um, and I had some big wins there, most likely. Some of the jury is still out. Uh, good fantasy, good. Good betting week. You'll have to listen to the fabulous Big Bet live this Wednesday or when it is released Thursday morning. Uh if you want to hear about the big uh the big bet recap. Otherwise, here we are. We are cruising through the NFL season right now.
1: Yeah, didn't you guys go for four for four in your big bets? Or so I don't want to ruin it, but um you guys did really well this week.
3: Memphis, I think, did really well with the prop. I don't know. I know I uh, my big bet hit. I don't know if Memphis' did. I forget what his was. I think his mm-hmm. was the Broncos-Raiders over, and I don't remember what the over was. So that might not have hit.
1: Yeah. So we had some start of the weeks last week that didn't do, go so well. I think that our quarterbacks didn't do well. Um, you know, I might have said to sit Matthew Stafford against the Washington Redskins. That was a mistake. Um but I did tell you DeAndre Swift was the start of the week. And DeAndre Swift had a heck of a game, dude. He had a receiving touchdown, 80 yards rushing and over 60 yards receiving, I believe, or 40 yards receiving. And that's the first time a Lions running back has done that since Billy Sims as a, wow. As a rookie.
3: Wow. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my – uh I love Swift, and I think he's only going to gain steam the second half of the year. I was also sitting Stafford this week, uh, wrong there. But all my, eh, I also had a, a Mark Andrews sit. That was he didn't he didn't find Pay Dirt. But then of course, uh, Watson was a sit, and the Houston and Cleveland wide receivers were definitely all sit worthy in that stinker of a close game, very close game, mm-hmm. good, uh, but a stinker from a stats or fantasy perspective for sure.
1: You know, I was stuck into playing T Higgins and boy, was I happy that I was stuck into playing him because he had a heck of a game for a rookie against that Steelers defense. Yeah. Um, he caught a nice slant for a touchdown. He had over hundred yards against that defense. Uh, he was Burrow's security blanket. And that's nice to see going forward for a, a rookie uh, instead of seeing Tyler Boyd be the security blanket against a harsh defense. It's T Higgins. So that's nice to see. Um, but speaking about Burrow, man, he might never get that support he needs like his owner won't even build an indoor practice facility, yet a high school built a practice facility in Ohio. The same state, Molar High School, built an indoor facility for COVID, but the Bengals won't. What do you think about that?
3: Uh, you know, look, I'm not surprised. You know, uh, the number of times I've heard Memphis talk about how trash the Cincinnati organization is, like as talented as Burrow could be and as well as they may draft this year and next year and everything will look nice and pretty for Burrow in uh, in the short term. They might they might just they might just be the Bengals. And, you know, perhaps if he ended up in a, a better organization, he'll have he would have more staying power. So, you know, obviously, there's still a lot to figure out there, but. Yeah, Cincinnati Bengals. Like, just they've unless until they change what's going on with the higher ups. uh, I think there's going to be a cap or a a glass ceiling on what Burrow's really able to do. And look, it may not really matter from a fantasy perspective ultimately, but Mm -hmm. just interesting to to think about for sure.
1: It might just be from a win and loss perspective and a Super Bowl never winning a Super Bowl perspective. But you know, fantasy wise, I think think Burrow's going to be okay. Of course, Um, But you know a quarterback who gets a lot of hate who shouldn't is Lamar Jackson. He played in a monsoon and he put up, I think, over 300 or 400 yards and he had two total touchdowns. Um, You know who's been really bad against the Patriots who doesn't get hate? Who, Matty? Your man, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's put up stinkers against the Patriots, but everyone just brushes it off like, oh, he's okay, he's Josh Allen. But Lamar Jackson puts up a nice game in a monsoon, and people are like, "Oh, Lamar Jackson lost them in the game." I don't think that's the case. I think that Bill Belichick just knows how to game plan really well in monsoon games, and he just took away the clock.
3: Yeah, yeah. Lamar had 250 passing yards and 55 rushing yards. It took him 11 carries to get 55 rushing yards. So that's a, uh, you know, that's a good good clip for a running back. But from mm-hmm. what we expect from Lamar, um, yeah. But I, I agree, and I think I think the same can be said for you know bill is good at scheming against familiarity and he's now seen josh allen in probably you know four or five maybe six six contests since he entered the league and yeah mm-hmm. so uh, look everybody wants to jump on a hot take or a bandwagon as quickly as as and um as emphatically as possible so yeah
1: yeah and you know you know what uh, a quarterback said after a game Tua Tagovailoa said, oh, I didn't expect the NFL to be this easy. He he didn't put up that great of a stat line, but he had a good game. They won the game against the Chargers. He's won two in a row as a starting quarterback. Miami has a heck of a defense. Their coach is amazing. Brian Flores is a heck of a hire, man. Um, The NFL does look easy for Tua, man. I don't, I don't know. It, it, it seems like he's playing well for a left-handed quarterback, and he's rolling out of the pocket, making throws, making plays. He missed Jakeem Grant for what would have been a spectacular highlight. But um, he's he definitely has looked like a, a stud quarterback and someone that you could trust on your fantasy team going forward.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and funny to – like, didn't think the NFL would be this easy. It helps when you have a really good defense. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I mean, I'm stoked. I got in my uh, – my my dynasty rebuild. I got Herbert and Tua. Those are my my QBs right now. So I'm excited that both of them have um, showed their worth already. I was not expecting, you know, I, I think back at some of the moves I made in the offseason thinking, oh, rookie coming rookie quarterbacks coming into this season are probably not going to be a thing. And I was, you know, I was selling off sold off Big Ben, sold off Kareem Hunt, sold off Gibson to, you know, to get picks and and get younger. And here I am, I'm like Fuck! If I if I kept all those guys, if I still like, I traded uh I traded Gibson and Big Ben for Cortland Sutton in the preseason. Like, and so Cortland Ooh. Sutton ends up on the IR, and and I am out to assets who would be getting me. You know, Big Ben's been uh, a QB one or two probably every week, and Gibson's been he has um, been. I'm sure you're going to talk about Gibson at some point, but yeah, so uh, pump pump for two and Herbert's future, and folks, don't get too short sighted with your dynasty. Um, and don't, don't jump to to conclusions too quickly. Just like we shouldn't jump to conclu- conclusions too quickly about a Lamar Jackson game or a Josh Allen game,
1: you know, jumping to two conclusions too quickly. I put up a Twitter poll this week and I think I might've tagged you in it. I said, Antonio Gibson or Jonathan Taylor, strictly for dynasty purposes, Jonathan Taylor won the poll 56% Antonio Gibson, 44%. I was on the Antonio Gibson side myself. Um, being a big truth of Antonio Gibson. I think he's one of the most talented backs of this class. The fact that he can jump cut twice in a row. He he had a jump cut against the Detroit Lions where he continued to just jump cut against people and he just got the open hole because of it. And then he runs into Cam Sims' ass. I mean, it was a nice run, but he just could not turn his head fast enough to see his own guy and he ran into the blocker. But he had open room to run. This dude what? looks insane. Let me ask you this because I know you're the
3: biggest Antonio Gibson lover in uh, in the Patreon. Okay, so you literally just said he could jump cut back to back, but then ran into a guy's butt. Should we not mm-hmm. care care so much about his ability to jump cut? Because guys can be successful in the NFL without jump cutting, but if they're continuously, you know, butt fumbling or jump running into guys' butts, maybe maybe
1: the he process- doesn't run. I mean, the thing is he ran into it because he did so many cuts in a row that he turned his head and then he saw his guy. It wasn't a vision thing. His vision looks really nice. He does some okay. zone concepts for the Washington Redskins, um, and he has good vision, man. He he does a Le'Veon Bell little stutter step, and then he hits the hole. And that's okay. what I like to see from a running back, man. Uh, he, yeah. he definitely has good vision for a running back. I tweeted out Antonio Gibson is a running back during the game because, you know, people – don't like Antonio Gibson. So (laughs) he had, I think, 24 points or 22.4 points in a PPR league. Um, He is a good pass catcher. J.D. McKissick had 15 targets, though. So maybe if you take J.D. McKissick away and Antonio Gibson's there in the future, you could be seeing 10 to 15 target games from Antonio Gibson once in a while. Um, But, you know, that's Alex Smith as quarterback, though. But what what if the opposite
3: happens and they keep McKissick around – and what if they draft a running back in this draft class coming up because they don't believe Gibson? Because Gibson is yet to what eclipse? He's he hasn't eclipsed seventeen he has eclipsed. Uh,
1: touches. He's eclipsed a hundred yards though.
3: Yeah, but like I don't think they see him as their their three down guy ever, right?
1: No, he's not had third down carries um, yeah. that often. But you know, he did have twenty attempts against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, 13 attempts against the Lions, uh, oh, but against the Giants, he was a little quiet. But he's gotten seven touchdowns this year, and he has 436 yards rushing. Um, he's looking like DeAndre Swift's stat line, I believe. DeAndre Swift has put up 331 rushing yards, four touchdowns, 70 attempts. So 70 attempts versus 103 attempts. So you know, if you give Swift a little more opportunity, he would have better numbers, and he looks really good. Swift. Is insanely talented. Matt Patricia's holding him back. Fire Matt Patricia. He's a clown. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, speaking about clowns, Baker Mayfield, he's <laughs> he's getting the ball taken out of his hands because they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back. I don't yep. think he's fantasy relevant.
3: I mean, it's super flex. I'm sure he still will be at times like this game. We we, we expected this from this game, you know, that over-under mm-hmm. moved eight points, I think, from uh, from the open to the close Sunday morning. It was there, there was a delay because of the weather, and you know, Houston's offense never got off the ground, so they the, the Browns never had to take the ball off the ground. But let's see, uh, you know, I'm going to just do my quick Cleveland Browns schedule and see if there's some potential for some negative game scripts going forward. You know, they got okay, so they got the Eagles, uh, next week. Who knows what the Eagles? I know you're going to touch on Wentz at some point, but who knows mm-hmm. who the Eagles actually are right now? Uh, then they get the Jaguars. Maybe there's a potential for some some points there, but uh, I don't know. Uh, then they get the Titans. Maybe that's your negative game script and Baker's relevant there. Ravens, Giants. Yeah, he might he might be irrelevant the rest of their Jets. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's yeah. uh, what's their what's their record?
1: They're doing okay. They're looking outside of the playoffs though.
3: They're six and three right now, which is third t- third in the division. Yeah. When uh, there's four teams that's, okay, so they're they're on the playoff bubble. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's four teams at six and three. That would be uh, the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh teams in. And then it's a a drop off to four and five for the Patriots. Three and six for the Broncos. That's interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's uh yeah. you know
3: a couple. If those uh, the Patriots going to win nine games this year? They're four and five.
1: Um, I think that Bill Belichick will coach his ass off and try to. Um, who knows? Because they have Lamar. I mean, not they have Cam Newton at quarterback. When Jacoby Myers can throw a ball better than Cam Newton, it's kind of sad. Yeah. So it's comes down to game planning and he's one of the best game plans and he makes the best script you can for a team. So he's going to put his team in position to win games. It's just comes down to execution. Um, And that's what Cam Newton said in his post game conference. He said, I've never seen a guy who can win more than bill Belichick because of his, his game scripts. So that's, it's just, he's a very smart guy. And, you know, talk about game scripts, Seattle, Seattle. If you take DK Metcalf out of the equation with a good corner like Patrick Peterson, like a uh, Jalen Ramsey, yeah. he does not produce, and he it showed like he did not have any points against the Cardinals. That was relevant. He didn't have points against uh, the so, Rams. Like Rams, yeah. yeah. So what? What is Russell Wilson without DK? Russell Wilson is a life preserver without DK. You know, he's trying to keep this team afloat. It looks like the cover three scheme has been abused by teams now because they've figured it out. Pete Carroll's not adjusting because he's an older coach. I don't know if Pete Carroll's gonna stick around in Seattle. They've had three first-round picks now that have basically been bossed Rashad Penny, this linebacker out of TCU, who we haven't seen play. And I don't even know who they took this last year. Hmm. It's just been rough, man. They it's been bad from a GM perspective, it's been bad from Pete Carroll's perspective. Um, but you, you know, know over, Russ, overpaid
3: for Jamal Adams potentially too. Like,
1: yeah, I think that's that was a bad that was a bad trade for them. They paid two firsts for a safety. Um, that, but that can't, Russell that Wilson, can't do anything yeah. in
3: the passing game. Jamal Adams He's is like not cover. Yeah, Jamal Adams is not a. A, a cover safety or an over the top safety. He likes to get down close to the line of scrimmage. And that's not like this. Yet. People are just putting up points. Like everybody's thrown against Seattle. Bills, the Bills didn't even try and ever run the ball against them two weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, I, I do wonder if it's almost like it's probably too early on, you know, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury as a coach and quarterback pair to determine is. Is Kyler Murray keeping, you know, giving Cliff Kingsbury his uh, job security? I think we mm-hmm. could say that Russell Wilson has probably given Pete Carroll his job security um, and the the Legion of Boom back in the day. When when that defense was, was humming, it didn't matter what was going on on the offensive side of the ball. But it seems like, yeah, I, I think it could be a potential changing of the guard in Seattle, like, you know, Russ was looking like an MVP candidate at the beginning of this year, and that's slowly slipping away, as are the Seahawks' uh, Super Bowl chances. Um, yeah. You know, they're they're losing important divisional games. Those, those ones mm-hmm. are important this year.
1: And, you know, Jared Goff was my start of the week at quarterback. He put up 13.5 in a PPR league because he had passing yards. The Rams game scripted the running game in the red zone because they figured – Seattle was going to try to adjust to the Buffalo bills and try to lock down in the passing game. But you know, Ma- uh, Malcolm Brown decided to take in two touchdowns. Daryl Henderson had one and they, they uh, beat the Seahawks pretty, pretty handily, man. Like it was, it was kind of a close game, but that's because of Russell Wilson. He's a, like I said, he's the life preserver. That's it should be his nickname. Cause hmm. he's going to save jobs.
3: Yep. Oh, quick correction on uh, what I was talking about. As far as standings go earlier, I didn't I, I was only looking at three divisions in the AFC and missed the AFC South. The Colts and the Titans are both six and three as well. So we have nine teams with six or more wins in the AFC right now. So that's gonna be mm-hmm. tough sledding for the Patriots to catch catch that uh, that pace. Um, but we could we could see a team miss the, the playoffs with ten wins in the AFC and the winner of the NFC East Division could could have six wins. The Eagles have three, and the Giants have three right now. Um, Cowboys are technically not out of it. <laughs> this is crazy.
1: The Chiefs, on average, the, the strength of schedule is probably the easiest they've ever played this season so far. They're, the team's like average winning percentage, I think, is like a 0. .4 mm. that they're playing. So the Chiefs are just destroying teams. They lost to the Raiders. Is that a is that a concern for you, man? Like for Patrick Mahomes and everyone, because he's he isn't having a crazy season, but he's having an MVP season still. He's not just having a Patrick Mahomes season, though.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, look, divisional games that'll happen. Like I, uh, you know, I mostly stay away from. I try and stay away from them for for betting purposes because uh, you know if there's ever a team that's going to. To upset, I think, and, and have, you know, a big, uh, have Mahomes somewhat figured out. I think it's going to come in division. Um, you know, looking back at that schedule, they had just come off of beating the Ravens and the Patriots, and then mm-hmm. probably looking ahead to the Bills potentially. It was also a short week. They played the Patriots on a Monday. Um, and then maybe looking ahead to that Bills team that I think at that time was they were four and O and then lost to the Titans the week that the chiefs lost to the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, I I think we have to give John Gruden some credit too. He has managed to make this Raiders team very competitive with Derek Carr, still at quarterback and a mm-hmm. not so great defense. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't say concerned, but look, it's, it's the NFL. There's a lot of parody. Things are changing every week. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't get too overly confident.
1: And- the Raiders beat Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes this season. They lost to Tom Brady. They lost to Josh Allen. They beat the Browns. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Broncos. They are destroying their division, it looks like, from a, a yeah. standpoint. They have not lost a game in their division. Like the Raiders, John Gruden is coaching a very good season, man. I would put him up for coach of the year this year based on what he's doing. Like he yeah. beat Patrick Mahomes.
3: Yeah, that's that's uh, rare. If they, I mean, they, I think they play them again this week. Um, so yeah, if they, I mean, if they win that mm-hmm. game, they'll be sitting at seven and three with uh, four wins in the division and no losses, and the Chiefs will be eight and two. That uh, there's no lock there for the Chiefs.
1: No. No, like uh, I think it's at home too for the Raiders, but. The home winning percentage this year is under fifty percent for the home team, so <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to take some vengeance out on the on the the Raiders. Um, Chiefs probably win that game, but on our on our uh, flexcast, I said that the Patriots were going to beat the Ravens, and that was that was right. So that was a, that was a hot take and a hot call by me. Um, hey, I didn't put I'm any money gonna, I'm on gonna, it. I'm,
3: gonna, I'm gonna call you out for uh, a hot <laughs> take. You you were like, This looks like a Mar- Marquise Brown, uh mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown touchdown week. And I put him in a very important lineup. And then as I saw the 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 weather getting crappy in New England, I'm like Nah, and I had I had DJ Moore on the bench. So I'm like, all right, DJ Moore mm-hmm. is going in for Hollywood Brown, and I ended up that was that's my home league, that's my home league keeper league, and I was going up against the team in second place, and I was third place, and I ended up winning by like four points. So uh, my buddy Dan is probably what? Not what a terrible call by I me. Mean. It
1: happens. I it was, mean, it, it was bad.
3: It was too hot. It was there I think was, it, you're like the kid who like saw the ice cream and you just immediately was like ice cream without I sitting in too high to the sun. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, when in reality it's like, oh, this is this is an easy fade Hollywood Brown week with bad weather in New England and he's a he's a downfield mm-hmm. guy. Like, yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Definitely. The way I had seen it though when I called it was Mark Andrews would get taken out of the equation. I thought Holly yeah. Brown would Hollywood Brown would get some more shots, but no, that didn't sure. happen. Yeah. Um, but you know, speaking about that division in the Patriots division, Sam Darnold, man, he's not staying healthy. He he's not playing games. Joe Flacco, the dragon, is coming in and playing games. Why is this? Is this mono? Is this still the mono that's taking effect?
3: Who knows at this point. But it doesn't. I, I mean, look, if the Jets are going to move on from Darnold, all like you you would still want to make him look as good as possible this year and increase mm. you know his trade value. You trotting Joe Flacco out there. I can't I can't wait to listen to the uh, the dream preview this week and hear those guys talk about. Because they're always talking about like, all right, if if Mahomes starts and then, or if the Chiefs go from Mahomes starting to um, whoever their backup is starting, it's like a six or seven or eight point difference in Vegas. Like, you know, if if the Chiefs are expected to win by fourteen, and then Mahomes is not playing and this other guy is, it's like the the spread changes to you know seven or six, something Mm -hmm. like that. And I I'm I wonder if Flacco is now worth more points than Darnold is, like, which is just pathetic.
1: Mm-hmm. Who knows, man? This is, this is something that we're, we're bringing up because we don't know. Like, Who knows with Sam Darnold? What's, what's wrong with him? We can't say because no, nobody knows. They won't tell us. No. So that's all we have to say about Sam Darnold because there's nothing else to say. Um, but speaking about Jets players, Jamison Crowder has more points in like five games he's played than Marquise Brown in like eight or nine games that Marquise Brown has played. So that just shows Marquise Brown has had a terrible season. Um, I would be buying Marquise Brown in dynasty leagues because yeah. his value is going to be a lot lower. And he had six uh, or a little under 600 yards as a rookie. That's really good for a rookie production. Um, and it's a good indicator of success in the NFL. But, uh, Speaking about rookies, DeAndre Swift, again, I'm gonna go back to him because I love him so much. He looks
2: <laughs> we're just gonna looks, call this
1: yeah. this is
3: officially the marquee or the this is officially the DeAndre Swift Antonio Gibson show.
1: Yes, this is that is my guys. Swift looks like a 20% better version than Josh Jacobs does to me from watching him on the field. It's a hot take there, but that's what he looks like to me when he plays. He's so dynamic.
3: Yeah, no, I I told you I just moved um Zeke for DeAndre Swift and Sterling Shepard in the league and I like I'm I'm so it was, it was great like that's a league where I'm contending I'm also very young and I got to move on from Zeke who I think is going to just get worse this season and his value will probably never return to what it is uh, or what it was and so mm-hmm. I get DeAndre Swift uh, I get more depth at receiver to compete this year but also like I I'm you know that's that's like if you were in a rebuild to move Zeke for Swift and Shepard, where you're not contending, that's also a good move. So I was pretty pumped about that. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think I think the Lions, you know, there uh, I forget where I read it today, but it's like Swift is looking like this year's Miles Sanders, where you had the vet in his way for the first half of the season and slowly just he chipped away. I think it took a Jordan Howard injury last year. I think it just mm-hmm. took enough Adrian Peterson uh, one yard runs for the coaching staff to realize, okay, let's get Swift the ball. Um, so yeah, love, love Swift this year. Love him for the, the immediate future too.
1: Yeah. I hate Adrian Peterson on the lions. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, let's go to some injuries. We're going to go to our MRI report. This is your MRI, the most reliable injury report with the board certified Dr. Kyle. All right, let's go into some names. Drew Brees got knocked out of the game. What yeah. happened to him?
3: So it looks like, uh, you know, set set for an MRI today. Don't know the results there, but they're already talking about him missing some time. So it could already be Jameis Winston year. Um, Jameis Winston season. I don't know why I said year. That's no, that's, that's not how we talk here, folks. It's almost Jameis Winston, Winston. Yeah. Uh, so interesting, interesting. What'll happen there? I was, uh, look here, I'm, I'm taking victory laps where I can, especially when it wins me and, the listeners money. I was on this saints team laying nine and a half uh, against the Niners. I, up until Breeze's injury, I think the saints, uh, arguably the best team in the league um, from Mm -hmm. top to bottom coaching staff. uh, You know, I, I just, I loved them and uh, they've notoriously got off to a slow start. I meant to tweet a couple um, screenshots of me using the Rotovis splits app to look at, the, uh, the first four games versus the, the second four games for both the Niners and the Saints, and it's really a tale of two seasons for both of them. Uh, the, the Saints really gaining steam the last four, and the 49 Niners losing steam, mostly due to injuries, but they didn't really get much healthier prior to this game. Um, but mm-hmm. now without Breeze potentially for a couple of weeks, is Win- Winston going to be um, good enough where, you know, look at, look at what Teddy Bridgewater did in Breeze's absence last year. Uh, the Saints kept rolling. I don't know if if the Saints will be able to do that with Jameis Winston, you know, gunslinging all over the field. But look, he got his eyes fixed last year. As somebody who is inv- as invested in knowing about the human body and how it relates to performance, I do truly believe that. You know, I, I don't know what Winston's sight was prior, but these elite athletes generally have elite vision. Like everything is elite. Like. I have no doubt that it could be a major game changer. Um, so, yeah, very interested to see how Winston steps in for the Saints and if it'll be a situation like Teddy last year where they can continue to hum along or it'll be like, oh, we got to get him out of there as soon as we can, um, which, you know, it, I, for, for playoff purposes, Brees 41 years old, like wouldn't you want to keep him on the sideline as long as you can to get him as healthy as you can. So, yeah. you know, big, big implications here. Um, and then staying in new Orleans, traycon Smith was concussed. So, you know, guys broken record over here. Concussion could play next week. Going to have to keep an eye on it. Look for setbacks. You know, if he's not practicing by, by Friday, then question marks, but um, he should be practicing in some form, probably by Thursday to, to be on track to play the following week. Um, yeah. And then we have a
1: couple irrelevant running backs for fantasy purposes. <laughs> uh unless you're needing them to flex, it's Chris Thompson on the Jags with a back injury. He left the game after getting a concussion diet like he was not diagnosed with a concussion, he comes back, it's a back injury. Yeah. Unlucky, it's unlucky for him. And then Tyler Irvin of the Green Bay Packers suffered a rib injury and didn't come back. Um I'm not too concerned about these guys because you have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, and then you have uh, James Robinson. So these yeah. guys are stuck behind studs anyways. So hopefully they yeah. get healthy on for their sake.
3: You know what's crazy? As you just mentioned, uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones ahead of Tyler Irvin. A.J. Dillon was a goddamn second-round pick. I'm so glad I was never on that hype train and didn't let any of the Dynasty guys talk me into buying him uh, in Now league. let like, me tell you. Aaron Jones is not going anywhere. Jamal Williams probably – he might not go anywhere either. If no. he, You know, that guy – I don't know if you've heard that guy's interviews, but he would probably sign a contract for like $6 if they if they sold it the right way to him. Um, he loves
1: so, Green Bay. He loves yeah. playing for Green Bay. I yeah. love the Packers draft class. It's probably my favorite draft class. I am a Lions fan, though. The Packers had the best draft, I think, of all time. Um, getting a quarterback that's going to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for four years, probably. Um, yeah. So that just made no sense from their standpoint. Um, another injury that was huge. Matthew Stafford suffered a thumb injury, but he came back and played. Yeah. And then the MRI diagnosis, I think, came back negative, and that he's going to be okay.
3: X-ray came back negative. I don't know if there's been an MRI yet, but it does sound. Okay. It already sounds like it's not too serious. Um, but we'll keep an eye. You know, I think we have a lot of uh, patrons in sleeper leagues. Guys like the Patriot the sleeper app is great. Like that's where I generally go for my first line of information as far as injuries goes. Um, and there was news five hours ago. hashtag #Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford had tests on his thumb after the game, but source said there was not much concern going forward. X-rays negative, though he may be limited some this week. The initial belief is he won't miss game time. So there, that's that's sleeper word for word. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't think we're concerned with him. The and head. then
1: Sleeper also said Teddy Bridgewater might not be out that long with a knee injury. He might come back this next week and play. It's not They don't think it's serious, but they need yeah. to do a, a X-ray slash MRI on it to make sure that he can play. Um, yeah. What do you think about Teddy Bridgewater? Did you see the injury? I did I not didn't. watch that game personally. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was has been carrying his team Uh, without Teddy Bridgewater, the Carolina Panthers are going to lose. They're playing the Lions this next week, so maybe they rest Teddy Bridgewater and see if they can beat the Lions with Christian McCaffrey uh, because the running games just destroy the Lions. Um, I
3: don't think McCaffrey's on track to play this week already.
1: Ah. that's So Mike Davis' turn. Yeah. That's that's looking bad for the uh, Carolina Panthers if Teddy Bridgewater is not a go. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is – Carrying that team, like I said, they need a quarterback in the offseason, season, though, because yeah. um, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is the long term uh, thing. Because in the two minute drill, he's still checking down to running backs; he's not throwing down the field. It's just what like there's no urgency, sense of urgency from Teddy Bridgewater.
3: Maddie, it's in his name, Bridge. He's a bridge quarterback. He's, he's yeah. just trying to bridge get over water, the old regime to a new regime. And honestly, look, if from a a, a real football perspective, like why would you want to? Outperform your expectations this year. Obviously, you want to look like you're better than your your expectations. But the goal is to get better for next year if you want to compete next year. Um, so maybe yeah. Bridgewater and McCaffrey being banged up is is best for them long term. You know, it gets say. I guess you're you know, it's not good that McCaffrey's banged up probably, but he's at least saving mileage on his legs, and you probably want that expensive mileage for when you're gonna have a shot at a Super Bowl. Um and I don't think your shot at a Super Bowl is with Teddy Bridgewater under center. But you know, imagine if uh you know they, they, they draft a guy next year and he does anything remotely close to what Herbert Tua or Burrow is doing this year. I think I think that whatever young quarterback, if if the Panthers go quarterback in the first round, um I know we're going on a bit of a tangent, but I I think we mm-hmm. talked like that that's what the show is going to become today. Yeah. Let's let's see. Okay, so the Panthers are three and seven right now. Uh, they're still better than everybody in the NFC East. But three wins, if they, you know, let's pace that out, they're, you know, the five and eleven probably going to finish. You know, win win two of the next six, maybe one. You know, four or five wins, you're you're pretty much a shoe in for a top ten pick. And I'm assuming they still have their first round pick. So yeah. you know, we're gonna talk about this this incoming draft class of quarterbacks, like. Who could? What quarterback could land there in the you know in the top ten? Uh, I got a name for you. Let's hear it.
1: Zach Wilson from BYU, dual threat quarterback. Pair him with Christian McCaffrey and see success. He he's really yeah. good at throwing. Okay, and I, like, love we already I love that combo.
3: We already talked about organization, like we already talked about Burrow maybe being in a crap organization. We also talked about Herbert maybe in, being in an organization where he you know he might not land an awesome coach. I think it's still possible there, more likely than uh, Cincinnati that seems to be a dumpster fire. But if this guy Wilson ends up in Carolina, how quickly could his value be higher than, than Burrow and Herbert's, um, just because he's simply in the best environment? Like environment is so important in, in the NFL. Uh, yeah, just food for
1: thought there. Yeah, David Tepper is a great owner. He bought the Carolina Panthers this last year. He's a risk analyst, I believe, in the stock market or something. He he does a lot of uh, business. So, you know, he he's a guy who knows how to operate a team he knows how to operate risk he knows how to do stuff so he hired a good coach with Matt Rule he took a risk there hiring him they got Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator if they can pair Zach Wilson with Joe Brady I could see a lot of success as a, as a rookie Uh even the even like Trey Lance if he fell to them which I don't think he will um, he could have success there but uh, you know there's there's some good quarterbacks in in the later like later tiers of the quarterback list that could end up in Carolina and come become a quarterback that you draft in the first round of your rookie drafts. I mean, this year is the, the year to draft quarterbacks. It yeah. looks like, so yeah. I've been trading a lot of pick. I've been trading a lot of players for picks this, this last week in my rebuilds, just so I can shore up quarterback position. I'm going to take as many quarterbacks as possible in dynasty. Yeah. I, you
3: know, last, uh, this past off season was <clears throat> my first, uh dynasty offseason and I definitely learned the hard way how to spend some first round picks. Luckily it was in like my cheapest league and I was very much like I almost don't even want to be in the league anymore. But now I do I've I have three firsts first going into this upcoming class, but I had a I had my first last season and I used it on Keyshawn Vaughn, I think, while Herbert and Tua might have still been on the board. I I like I felt I felt good at quarterback. Like I have Watson, Wentz mm-hmm. and and Daniel Jones. So you know, it was like, all right, let's just go based on needs. Let's, you know, get a running back who could potentially uh, help me be competitive this year. Obviously, didn't have it with Keyshawn Vaughn, um, but yeah, the 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 quarterback value, like, like I got I got Tua at one hundred and seven last year. Like, who who are you taking ahead of Tua in a rookie draft if you do that, knowing what you got now? Like, okay, maybe, maybe
1: DeAndre Swift.
3: Maybe, maybe, and it was like everybody was so excited about Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Helaire at one and two, and then uh, yeah, I, I'll you know look, and, and these uh, I don't know when your dynasty drafts are, but like they're they're not long after the real NFL draft. No. Like get your goddamn value and like figure it out later. Like who cares if you got six fucking quarterbacks? Like if you got six mm-hmm. quarterbacks, you're you have so much leverage, um, oh, and yeah. you'll you'll figure it out. Like I'm you know. I got Wayne Gallman sitting in my lineup in a league where I don't even care if I win. And he's what? Like he's got He's the touchdowns. RB3. He's got RB3 five three touchdowns this past in the line. last four games. And I can't even – I couldn't get a third for him before this week. Like, oh. And, you know, that that league is uh, it's a really fun league. It's my first dynasty league, and we have a group mate. And yesterday it was just like, as soon – like, Gallman touchdown, guys. And then nobody said anything. And then the next comment was, another Gallman touchdown. So I'm just reminding these guys, like – yeah, like get your quarterbacks, and you can figure out running back and wide receiver, uh, pretty not easily, but it's much more plug and play throughout the season than quarterback and then tight end and tight end premium for sure. Um, yeah. But I'm not paying up for a tight end until I know I'm co- competing, and it's not you know, I, I'm not I'm not trying to buy Kittle right now. I don't think because I'm
1: you I, uh, I just you bought know. Hawkinson. Yeah, do you want to know the price I paid? Let's hear it. Zach Ertz, Harrison Bryant, Devin Duvernay, and probably the 201. A lot. I don't think that's a lot, though. I
3: think you got to steal.
1: Hawkinson is going to be a tight end one, I think, for like multiple years. So, yeah. I sold him. I
3: I sold him recently, and I still don't know how I feel about it. It's in a league where I'm like, you know, I had him and Gesicki. Uh and I still like Gasicki's long-term potential. Mm -hmm. And I just a lot of question marks at quarterback for me, like Gardner Minshew, Jimmy G, Mitchell Trubisky, and Drew Locke were my quarterbacks at the time. Um, and like I think all of them were injured. So, you know, I know we talk about buying Carson Wentz. Uh maybe I, I feel I still think he's a little bit of a buy, but you know, I don't know how long his leash is from a real or fantasy uh, perspective right now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Matty putting up the field goal posts real close to each other. They, they put uh, in
1: Jalen hurts.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, you gotta wonder like, will they give him a good shot? Like the guy needs a healthy old line. Any quarterback needs, we talk about environment. He needs a healthy old line. He needs guys to throw to, he needs to develop rapport with these guys at consistency. Um, so I think Wentz is still a buy. So, you know, I'm more, I sold, I sold Hawk and, um, Daryl Henderson, for Wentz and Logan Thomas in the, that that team I drafted this year. And I was not drafting for this year because of the uncertainty of COVID. I was like, I'm going to just stay young. And then, of course, all of my guys, like, injured. Like I already mentioned, Drew Locke, Gardner, Minshew, and uh, Jimmy G were my three quarterbacks I drafted. It's an FFPC league, and you can only draft three in the startups. And then A.J. Brown has missed time. D.J. Chark has missed time. Um, Saquon Barkley, Tariq Cohen. Like all these guys just decimated with injury, so I was like, you know what? Hawks' value was good; it's probably going up, but I think to get Wentz, who I still think has you know quarterback one, not quarterback one overall, but QB one potential. He's you know he's, he's got six or seven rushing touchdowns on the year. Um, I digress. How do we get to this point?
1: We, what we've else been on a tangent? Let's talk yeah. about wind. I think I think I want to talk about wind in games and people overreacting to wind. You asked the question, should I start Christian Kirk or DJ Chark? And I said DJ Chark, and then I regressed after people said, no, Christian Kirk, because he's not playing in a windy game. DJ Chark had more fantasy points, I believe, by like two. But I think the wind is an overrated factor. I think people oversaturate the fact that it's there. I think it's more for the over-under than it is for fantasy statistics.
3: Yeah, there's probably some truth to that. Uh, I'm trying to pull up that box score right now just because I want to know.
1: I think the Cleveland game was the biggest game affected by wind. Um, yeah. You saw a lot less passing touchdowns. You saw a lot, a lot of shorter passes, but yeah. like Jacksonville had a windy game. Um, and you know, they, So, they so Jake off.
3: Lutton, he, he, you know, 18 of 35 and 169 yards. Uh, what mm-hmm. did Kyler Murray do? Like if you're looking at the quarterback and what they did, like what would you rather try and be a part of? DJ Chark went four for 56. Like – You know, Mm -hmm. 9.6 points. Um, It was, like we talked about, Keelan Cole week, but mostly because he had a punt return touchdown or a kick return touchdown. You know, he went 5-47. of Like, that's not great yardage or great reception totals. And then if we go over to uh, the Cardinals.
1: Let's see who the Bills played this week because the Bills always play in bad weather, and Josh Allen had a QB1 game. They played – the Cardinals at at the Cardinals, so that's yeah. good weather for Josh Allen. That makes sense as to why he had a good game. Aaron Rodgers in a in a cold weather game had a great game. He was a QB five so far. Uh, Lamar Jackson in a monsoon is a QB seven. Um, like Daniel Jones at New York, which New York had good weather. He was a QB yeah. nine. He had a he had a scamper. He had like a forty yard scamper for a touchdown. It looked nice.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: and then you got you got players like uh, Tua Tagovailoa playing in Miami. They probably had beautiful weather there. Um, yeah. So then you go down to the list. Deshaun Watson's a QB 15. Joe Burrow's a QB 16. I think it affects QBs more than it affects wide receivers. Um
3: and, uh, and like a again, lot of the, correlation. Well, and a lot of the guys you mentioned um, – yeah, maybe not actually. But like guys who can – move the ball with their feet as quarterbacks. I think they are less affected obviously Mm because, you know, Lamar Jackson can still, you know, the wind isn't necessarily going to affect Mm -hmm. his ability to run. Same with Daniel Jones. Um, I think those guys have, and in general, but okay. So if I told you that in bad weather quarterbacks who run the ball, have a safer floor, like remove the weather part. Like we know that in, in good weather games, quarterbacks that have, uh, A good rushing game like they also have a safer floor so yeah like the weather probably doesn't i think i think there's different tipping points for that one um Mm -hmm.
1: i think it depends on how how high the wind is you know yeah
3: i've heard the the vegas guys or the the dream preview guys i think they look at like like 20 miles per hour is their threshold where you know if you have 15 mile an hour winds like that's probably not enough to really affect, but you know, thirty. 30 but you don't. 40. You don't think
1: quarterbacks have practiced in this weather before and have played in this weather and know how to adjust their arm to to the wind and like because the wind will take the ball as well. Like you know, I think that quarterbacks have a easier time with wind at their backs instead of throwing it into the wind um, sure. because you know they can just loft the ball downfield. So sometimes it helps. Sometimes it hurts. If it's going sideways, maybe it hurts more. Like, you might want to look at the direction of the wind. Well, you remember the show
3: Sports Science? Like, that would be a cool one Mm -hmm. uh, to to see. Like, okay, if a guy throws a tight spiral, like – you know, who threw the, like, who threw the tightest spiral back in your day? Or, like, Brett Favre could throw the ball, like, what, 60 miles per hour? um You know, yeah. put bru- bruises on his wide receiver's chest. Like, let's get some sports science on uh, yeah. on on different wind directions. Like, wind at your back, wind coming straight at you, wind coming across the field. Like, how much does it actually move a ball? Like, where where does it matter? Because maybe if the wind is 30 miles per hour, it only matters beyond 30 yards. Like, like maybe there's some correlation there. I don't know. That would be... uh. There, that's my maybe they idea. can get to
1: Marcus Russell. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking for a job, right? <laughs> He's probably. You know, so yeah, I, I don't know how much the weather has to do with it. I think it's more so when the wind is going sideways when it affects the game. Um, Field goals for but, sure. Yeah, for for kickers, it definitely affects them. You should watch for your kickers if you have them in your fantasy leagues, which I yeah. don't. Well, um, and
3: if um if a line moves like like six points is a very significant amount for an over under to move like. Okay, how many field goals are in a in a football game generally? Two or three?
1: Like, yeah, about that. Like I,
3: I would say probably somewhere between two and three is probably an average game for field goals. There's a stat. Maybe I'll look that one up. I'll do some nerdy mm-hmm. nerdy data analysis for you guys. Um, and maybe like maybe that's why the line moves so much is for field goals, and it really doesn't have to do with uh, quarterbacks and receivers and throwing the ball so much.
1: Yeah, like the only game I think that was affected was even. Like, I think it might have been Baltimore because of Monsoon. But Cleveland and Houston, I think, was the only game that was really affected because Ben Roethlisberger put up a heck of a game against the Bengals. He had yeah. the, the QB2 performance, and it was windy. Like, he yeah. he had a heck of a game. Like, he scored right around Tom Brady's numbers, and Tom Brady put up godly numbers. Tom Brady took a whooping on the Carolina Panthers. He was yeah. mad about last week. <laughs>
3: And that was uh, Bengals Steelers went to 46 total. I, I don't know what that over-under was this week. I would, Again, like I don't – it's hard to project these divisional games for me, um, and I mm-hmm. think that's generally true. Like we already talked about Chiefs, Chiefs Raiders, but let's see quickly what the kickers did there. Uh, Randy Bullock went one for one, th- only 37 yards, so probably didn't matter mm-hmm. there. And then uh, Chris Boswell went three for three with a long of 45. But you'll
1: definitely see teams go for it more on fourth down and windy games. Um, yeah. I I've definitely I think it was the 49ers or some team that went for it on like fourth and four when they could have kicked the field goal, but the wind was like going against them. So they had to go for it. And it, it just made sense to go for it, like analytics wise. So sure. you you might see more teams go for it, which is better for fantasy purposes. If you're not playing with kickers, like you would rather have your team go for it and get a forced down and then you can get more yards. Yeah. So I don't know.
3: Houston Houston missed a field goal
1: yesterday and
3: Cleveland did not. So Houston hmm. went one for one and Cody Park he went one for one. Forty one yarder. Yeah, well, that would be that'll be interesting to look at.
1: Yeah. But but that's our week ten breakdown. This is brought to you by the Dynasty Warzone Patreon, patreon.com slash dynasty Warzone, and Viridian Global, where you can get our Dynasty Warzone merch. It's com, And then you go to the Football Collective and choose Dynasty Warzone. We have some sweet swag over there. We're hoping to get some hats soon. We're just testing them right now. Um, you have any shirts, Kyle?
3: No, yeah. I got to update, uh, uh, update my wardrobe.
1: I, I live in
3: a one-bedroom in New York City, so every decision Ooh. I make about buying something is how much space is this going to take up. So I, I got to purge, uh, purge some clothes before I add to them. But I think I'll be getting a hat. I also might, like, low-key... I love the uh the goat district goat hat grew well, up here a mm. fun fact about me I had goats growing up um for like five or six years my my dad's allergic to everything, so no indoor pets though we ended up with guinea pigs at one point but yeah, so we had <laughs> we had pet goats so uh the goat district hat like i might i ha- I might have to pull the trigger on that thing that that thing's pretty bad bad
1: yeah bad, bad. that's a good that's one. But, yeah, we're gonna end with that bad joke there. um it's been a good it's been a good week talking to you, man. uh I'll talk to you on Friday with our Flex cast and our, our little injury updates if you're down um, For sure, but hopefully a higher hit rate this week. yeah, I mean, we both had a low hit rate, uh so we'll see you guys. keep it fresh, keep it simple. hope you guys win your week eleven matchups. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Flexcast. This is sponsored by Viridian Global. Um, if you want comfortable apparel at a good rate, go hit them up on uh, ViridianGlobal.com. I mean, this is the best apparel you can get. It's uh, it's a uh. Startup company, and you know, they, they've had a lot of success in this last month. I can tell you from personal experience that Viridian's class shirts are first class in comfort, and they have the best designs in the business. There's no more overpaying for fantasy apparel. First time customers use NBC 2020 to save 10% from their Viridian wear collection and tell them that Maddie Big just sent you. So, there's a deal for you guys. Uh, this is sponsored by Viridian Global. And I am happy to be sponsored by them because I believe in their product. So, how do you like their shirts, Zach?
0: I love them. I've worn five of them in the last five days. Started out Sunday in Dallas, hanging out with the uh, the DWZ Flute Service. Monday, I wore the the Dynasty Happy Hour uh, Contractor shirt. You know, featuring Memphis' our mm-hmm. lovely leader. Uh, Tuesday, I had the Happy Hour Flute service shirt. Last night I wore the uh which did I wear last night? I wore the Debbie Happy Hour shirt last night. And tonight I'm rocking your very own. Hawkampania.
1: It's one of my favorites. I'm wrecking I'm wrapping uh the DWZ NWO logo under my cr- uh quarter zip. It's probably my favorite brand because I'm addicted to buying shirts from them. I can't stop ordering. That's my, my problem. Oh my um but <laughs> speaking about problems. Let's get into some flex plays that people might be questioning. So for quarterback, I'm going to start with Alex Smith. He's thrown for over 300 yards in his last two games. Um, that's impressive to me for a guy coming back from injury. Uh, you know, he's checking down a lot, so this is safe play. If, if you're playing J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson as well, they're safe plays this week. Uh, Alex Smith, really, he doesn't do any wrong. He only does uh, smart plays, so that's why I have him on the list. What do you think about that, Zach?
0: I I love it. I mean, he was the guy that this off season when ESPN released their the documentary of his recovery. Every league I had, I went and slowly started adding Alex Smith in hopes, and then not to celebrate on a bad injury, but I was kind of excited hearing that Smith was getting his shot.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it definitely definitely took the uh, the reins in Washington and on the football team for now as we call them. Um, so my next one is kind of a uh, a flex play if you really need them, if you have some week quarterbacks. It's Taysom Hill. Uh, in sleeper leagues, you can only play him at quarterback, but on ESPN you can play him as a quarterback slash tight end. Uh, so that's a big advantage if you need a tight end because the tight ends have just been desolate this year. So I think Taysom Hill could give you the passing upside and rushing upside playing as a tight end from the quarterback position. So I think that's a little bit of a sneaky flex play.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, he's he's been one of those guys that how do you how do you score him really? How do you where do you play him? How do you score him? Got to play him wherever you can.
1: Mhm. I'm playing him as a quarterback in the league just because I I need him out of necessity from bye weeks. So hoping for a nice game from Taysom Hill. Uh, and then my last guy is Derek Carr. He played the Chiefs last game. Uh, the last game against them, he had over 300 yards passing and three touchdowns to one interception. I mean, he's had an up-and-down year. He did not have the fantasy points he wanted last week because of the rushing touchdowns from Jacobs and uh, DeAndre Washington or whoever is there still. Um, but, you know, he's he's going to get his, his work and he's going to get his yards against the Chiefs offense because Chiefs offense really does not have a good time of possession. So expect the Raiders to control the clock. Expect them to have a lot of dink and dunks. Down the field, I think Derek Carr is a safe play this week. If you need a quarterback in a two-quarterback league in a one-quarterback league, I might be staying away from him.
3: Uh, I mean, he's
0: uh, he's generally that. He's going to get you – he's going to be quarterback 10, 11, 12, 15 throughout the year. He's always a guaranteed – he's got a floor that won't kill you unless he just mm-hmm. absolutely has a meltdown, which yeah. against the – Against the Chiefs, he should be fine.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, That's why he's on the list. And I think that a safe play there would be Darren Waller uh, for tight end because, you know, the tight end position is just so desolate. And against the Chiefs defense, that really does not have a good linebacking core or safety core. um, I think that they could abuse Darren Waller against the Chiefs like they did last time. Um, Moving on to running backs. First name on the list is a personal favorite of mine. It's Savon Ahmed. He had a lion's share of the carries, 75% of snaps against the L.A. Chargers. He had 21 carries and four yards per carry. He did pretty good. He had a touchdown, too.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. he's It's about he 80 yards. That, he was definitely a guy that uh, up until you were like, hey, hey, look at this guy. Look at him. I never really heard much much about him, but, man, mm-hmm. you opened my eyes to a, a beautiful – As soon as Gaston beautiful. went down with
1: that injury, I told I told everyone in the Patreon group chat, patreon.com slash Dynasty Warzone, I told them, go get Sivan Ahmed now. There's no time to waste. I, I did the same thing when I think Kareem Hunt was suspended and left the team. I did the same thing with Damian Williams or – I think it's Damian Williams from the uh, Chiefs. And, uh, you know, this is uh, one of those pickups where he's going to continue to be successful because he's shown out that he can play. So he's going to sit behind Miles Gaskin, two University Washington running backs. You should be able to see some success from Savannah Med uh, continuing for the rest of the season.
0: Uh, most definitely. I mean, he's he's a guy that I'm excited to see where he ends up.
1: I think I, I just traded doing. to you him in a league for Gibson.
0: Yeah, so. Yeah, he was involved with the Gibson trade.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, not you a first-round pick head. there. for? Yeah. I just cut that into that. I gave you Marvin Jones, I think, uh, Ahmed, a first and a second, a future second, yeah. though. Um, yeah, but seconds, wor- worth be. it to me to get my guy because Gibson, you know, if he's not on my team, then really is this fantasy for me. So yeah. it just feels wrong. My next name on the list is a Colts running back. One of the Colts running backs, the train agrees with me. It's Naheem Hines. He had, in the last four games, the last four out, he had six targets, five targets, three targets, and six targets. That is a good floor for PPR. I think he has a safe floor, and he's a good flex play for that reason. Um, The Colts are going up against Green Bay, I believe. And Green Bay is like the 31st worst stopping the run. In the NFL, um, expect these guys to have some nice nice games uh, from not only Naheem Hines, but Jordan Wilkins. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, the last uh, couple games, has outpaced Jonathan Taylor. 11 carries and 8 carries in the last two. Against the Detroit Lions, I believe he had 20 carries. So maybe this is a, a, a situation where they just kind of try to figure out who's going to be the hot hand, and they uh, run with – Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins instead of Jonathan Taylor, because Jonathan Taylor's just kind of been bad this year overall.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, we can hope that uh, – I mean, I know coming into this year we expected Hines to be eckler liked you know, uh, same offensive coordinator, same quarterback. I mean, he has all the makings that Hines, even in the future, will be – beyond fantasy worthy. I mean, he's a guy that uh, you don't have him. You can get your hands on him. Get him. I, I regret. Mm-hmm. I've said him too many times this year. Yeah.
1: He's yeah. been a, he's been an add on piece for me. When I ask for trades, I try to get Naheem Hines in the in the package. Um, I'm going to mute you Mike for a sec. Uh, but you know, he's been an add on for me in, in trade packages just because of his target share, um, just getting this an average of about five targets per game is, is a safe floor for PPR because that's an instant five, basically five points plus the added yardage. Um, and then Jordan Wilkins, if he can get the good rushing share, which I believe he will. Um, I think the Colts are going to be running against this defense because they're pretty good against the pass versus where they're weak against the rushing. uh, Reich is a good coach and he's going to coach the game, right? He's, he has, he has a good game plan. He's one of the best game planners, I think in the NFL offensively. Um, and he's going to get his team to where they need to be. Um, my next name on the list is Kalen Balazs In the last two games, which he started, he's had 15 carries and 18 carries. He's leading the chargers in carries since they lost Justin Jackson, since they lost, uh, Austin Eckler, uh, you know they—they're not going to Troy Main Pope. They're going to J- Kalen Bilaj because he has the most talent. Uh, this is a guy who's a combine freak. Uh, he's good. He was decent at Arizona State, um, but you know he's showing out in the NFL, and that's what you want to see. So, what do you think about that one, Zach?
0: Oh, I, I love Balaj. He was a guy that uh, you know I've always kind of looked away from, but I was—he's another guy I was wrong on. I mean. Maybe it is just getting away from Gates in Miami for some guys. He's definitely one of them.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. I wonder what Miami would be with them uh, right now. But, you know, he ran against them last week and showed them what's up. Uh, Next name on the list and my last one for running backs is Rex Burkhead. He's had a pretty safe receiving floor. He's got some touchdowns. Uh, He had four targets, one one target, three targets, and five targets in his last four games. So, you know, he's going to get some work receiving. I think he's replaced James White in that regard. Um, And he's got a rushing floor, too. He gets carries. Uh, What do you think about Rex Burkhead being a flex play this week?
0: I I like Rex. Rex, I mean, they've got a pretty decent matchup for a Cam Newton offense. I think he should be all right. Uh, He's a guy that I've always been back and forth on. He's kind of one of those throwing guys for me, honestly. Uh, yeah, he's been showing up this year, so I think he'll be all right. I actually mm-hmm. had a game. They're playing the Texans out. this week. Oh yeah, that's a good good matchup for him, I think.
1: hmm What What's your guy?
0: Uh, Latavius Murray. Actually, they're the Saints are playing Atlanta again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's been he's not killed you this season, even with Kamara there. But I think with a matchup like Atlanta. He should show up. I think both backs in backs in New Orleans this week will have a good week.
1: Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think that the Atlanta defense, while they've improved since the firing of Dan Coyne, they're still not a good team. Um, they are going to give up a lot of points. Jameis Winston might throw some picks, but, you know, the cornerbacks aren't too great there in Atlanta. They're, they're pretty young and they're improving. Um, but we're going to move on to wide receivers now. First name on the list is a very hot name in Dynasty, very hot name in Redraft as well. He's probably already picked up off waivers. It's Michael Pittman Jr. In the last two games, he's had seven targets and eight targets. He's looked like the wide receiver one in Indy, and what he, and what Philip Rivers likes to throw to is Michael Pittman Jr. type of players. I really like Michael Pittman Jr. this week. The Colts are playing Green Bay Packers. I expect Michael Pittman Jr. to be involved on slants and drags because he's fast and he's good after the catch. That's what he did at USC, and he's doing it in the NFL. Oh yeah,
0: he's been a guy from day one since the since the day he got drafted. If I can get my hands on Pittman, I'm I'm going for him. I mean, he's a guy. I'm excited to see what he'll do this this week, for the rest of the year, and for hopefully many years to come. Honestly, like USC mm-hmm. has a tendency to produce some pretty good receivers.
1: Yeah, they have Amari Ross and Brown coming out, who looks really good. Uh, they got the Texas guy. Um, I don't know if he transferred from Texas or he decommitted uh, and went to USC instead. But
0: Come on, Brew McCoy?
1: Yeah, Brew McCoy. Has he done he's, anything?
0: He's a California guy. He's originally from California. He
1: mm-hmm.
0: committed to Texas, decommitted, and then went to USC. Uh, two weeks ago, I believe it was two weeks ago, he had five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, Can't argue with that, Decent, especially
1: as a freshman.
0: He comes out in two years, I believe. So uh, he's been on my watch list. for.
1: Yeah. Speaking about my watch list, Marvin Jones Jr. has been on my watch list for a long time now. You know, on this FlexCast, I've had Marvin Jones mentioned. Kenny G is still limited. And Marvin Jones just put up the single most yards on the football team this year from a wide receiver with 87 yards. He topped the last receiver who scored 86 yards on the Washington football team. He's got one more yard than the other leading receiver. And that's a good defense. That's not a bad defense there. And the lines are going up against a weak secondary that I believe is missing Dante Jackson in Carolina Panthers. Um, And Carolina Panthers, is Teddy Bridgewater playing this week? We don't know. I mean, at this point, I think it's still undetermined. Um, he's injured and uh you know if he can't he says his game time game status is undecided, yeah. So it might be a game time decision. Um but yeah, if he of, doesn't play, you'll see a lot of Marvin Jones. Yeah. Marvin Jones is the is very good. He's he's starting to click again with Stafford. He didn't look a hundred percent to start the year, but now he's looking a hundred percent like Marvin Jones did. I expect Marvin Jones to pop this week and uh Up about 100 yards and a touchdown.
0: Oh, Um, if not
1: over, yeah. I think they'll use Kenny G in a decoy role if he plays because his hip injury seemed it might be soft tissue because he's been out for three weeks now going on three weeks. Um, so we'll see what what Kenny Galladay does. But I'm kind of tentative to start Kenny Galladay in some leagues, but I'm kind of forced into it. Um, Jacoby Myers is my next name on the list. He's got some massive target share in the last few games. He had six targets, 10 targets, 14 targets, and seven targets. And the seven-target game was in a monsoon. So, you know, that's not so great. And he had a touchdown pass, I believe, in that game. Um, so Jacoby Myers is a good flex play, I believe, because of the, the amount of targets he's been getting. Um, I think he'll have another 10-plus target day. The, the Patriots are playing –
0: um, Houston, the
1: T- Houston Texans and the Texans defense is not is banged up to say the least. Um, So we'll see Cam Newton try to push the ball down the field but you know he's going to be doing slants instead to Jacoby Myers and Jacoby Myers looks to have taken the Julian Edelman role on that offense and you know he's running with it.
0: Speaking of him taking the Julian Edelman role I mean he proved last week he can throw so
1: mm-hmm.
0: maybe maybe you're your Burkhead call won't be so bad, I mean, especially if we see another Jacoby Myers or Rex Burkhead toss.
1: That would be nice. That would be nice, but I, yeah, I might be a Rex Burkhead to Ch- Jacoby Myers toss this time. We'll have to mix I, it either up. Way,
0: either way, either it still scores the same. Either way,
1: mm-hmm. especially yep.
0: this game. Yeah, like I think it will be.
1: Um, and then you have a deep dynasty ad and play for this week. Do you want to talk about him, the Saints wide receiver?
0: Oh, yeah, Uh, Deontay Harris. I mean, Jameis, he he spreads the ball around. I mean, look what he did to – he made Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, Freight, and O.G. Howard at times were relevant. You had – who else did he make relevant in Tampa Bay over the last couple years? Uh, I'm blanking on names now. And there's some there's some
1: fantasy darlings that. uh hmm Rashad Perriman, I think you Rashad mentioned, Perryman. but you know he yeah. popped. So there's I mean, some he, good some good uh, adds there. Deontay Harris is a, a primarily a, a slot guy who runs a lot of slants, and uh, you could see him do some deep shots to Deontay Harris just because it's Jameis Winston and he loves to throw a deep. Yeah,
0: um, James. James is going to throw it.
1: Mm-hmm. He looked good throwing it to Alvin Kamara, so maybe Alvin Kamara is just going to have a, a running back one performance this week. We'll see. Um, another guy that you want to touch on is a Miami Dolphin player, and uh, he's been a good flex play the last two weeks.
0: Yeah, since Walter since Parker went out. It? Yeah. yeah, It was uh, Preston
1: Williams. Out.
0: Or Preston Williams, sorry. Sorry, yeah, Preston Williams. I'm used to Parker being the one that's hurt, not Williams. Uh, since Williams went out, I mean, that somebody has to step up. They got rid of most of their other receivers, and we hadn't really got exactly what we expected out of, uh, I'm blanking on names tonight, man, uh, the tight end.
1: Ma- Mike Gusecki.
0: Yeah, Mike Gusecki Mike let us down more often than we really mm-hmm. expected him to. So two has got to throw to somebody. I mean, we've, we've named a lot of Dolphins tonight, but they're playing against Tennessee this week. Could be a shootout. Could be a blowout.
1: Speaking about shootouts, you have another name on this list. I agree with the G. Keem Grant uh, play. He's had five targets each in the last two games, and you know, Tua seems to trust him and likes to put him in space. So maybe he's a sneaky play. I've been flexing him the last two weeks. He's been good for me. I recommend flexing him as well. Um, Sa- and then Sammy Watkins in a shootout, man. This is a name you mentioned to me, and I agree. Sammy Watkins could have a nice game against this Oakland Raiders defense. Uh, Tyreek Hill should have a nice game as well, uh, but I could see Sammy Watkins getting a touchdown and uh, like eighty yards.
0: Oh, I. I mean, Sammy is one of those guys that, for as much as, for as much as I hate it when he's healthy, you have to start him because, what happens if he? Goes off for what he had last year 10 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns against Jacksonville. You die Mm -hmm. to see that on your bench. Like, he's a guy that's going to pop at any moment, and he really hasn't popped yet this year. So I I feel it coming, especially against Las Vegas Raiders. If this game isn't a shootout, I'll be surprised, honestly, because I know the Raiders' defense is hurt.
1: The last name I'm going to mention is Will Fuller. I think that you can start him with uh, some pretty good confidence this week. They're going against the New England Patriots, and the Patriots' defense has been all right. They're going to take away the tight end, but Will Fuller should be open, forced targets from uh, Deshaun Watson this week. So you should see some nice uh, play from Will Fuller. I don't know if he's really a flex play, more of a wide receiver two play, I think, this week. Um, But that's my last name for you guys. We're not going to do tight ends because they, they're terrible. Um, they've been so bad this year. Um, any any last words you want to say, Zach? Where can they find you?
0: Uh, really right now, find me on Twitter. It's uh, Barrett underscore Zach. Uh, it's really the only thing that's fantasy relevant. Uh, before keep your eyes out, I'm going to work on a project. I've been talking with a couple of guys, getting something off the ground. So, Mike Morrell. If so, it'll be posted on the Patreon and hopefully shared about.
1: Yeah, you said you got a PC on the way. So, that should yeah, be yeah. an improvement there. Make sure you get your webcam and your microphone. Um, oh, yeah, those are important. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, we'll leave you guys with that. F- follow him on Twitter at Barrett underscore Zachary. Uh, and we're going to leave you. Have a good one, all.
2: Hey, guys, Nick Burnett here just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team, downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day Joined join the Patreon, Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in rebuild mode this year and that's just part of what comes with the Patreon Uh, just uh, trade talks just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football uh, whether it's ten o'clock at night or three o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk. Whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty, I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family.